With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 185 of the Fight Disciples podcast. As ever, we are available on iTunes. You can subscribe there. You can also get us, if you're an Android user, on our website, fightdisciples.com. All over social media as well, at Fight Disciples, uh, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I've actually just posted a fight diary from the weekend where you can see a little bit of a conversation between uh, Derek Chisora and David Hay, which I'm sure you saw on the TV, but I tried to get some behind the scenes on that as well. Which was uh, Your photo was well better though, dude, because you could see they were actually... In conversation, they were sniding it up, weren't yeah, they? They look, give it, they give us a bit for the telly, and then they went a little bit snide. The real thing, yeah, exactly. The real deal was getting done. Mm. Anyway, it's all on our uh, Facebook. Go and have a little bit of a nosy because uh, I've captured it all on my phone. At Fight Disciples uh, on all those. What a weekend! What a weekend! It's class, it's class. I'm sure we'll talk about it on the UFC show, the MMA show. That in the same venue, yeah. under the same dome, yeah, yeah, was Cage Warriors yeah, '92, yeah. and that was littered with knockouts as well. I nipped out um, from the main arena at the O2 in order to get myself a pizza. Who'd you miss? What did you, what did you nip out, Jordan? Uh, Jamie Cox. Sound. Good, <laughs> Good choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so That's I, no slice on Jamie Cox. No, but, no, no. no, you know, no. I just it, it was what it was. Yeah, I just nipped out for a sloppy Giuseppe. And uh, I decided to uh, try my very best to get into the Indigo. Because if anybody's ever been to the O2, there's, there's, a, there's a side uh, venue it's like it's similar to Madison Square Garden, isn't it? There's, yeah. there's different arenas within the arena. Yeah. Um, so I tried to nip into the Indigo. Got past the first door. I thought, fucking hell, I'm in here. Wicked. I'll go watch. See the cage, couldn't you? Yeah. I'll go watch a little bit of MMA. Got down to the front where obviously there's a steward then that asks for your ticket in order to find your seat next to the cage. Didn't have a ticket that I, and I just got marched back out. Sorry, mate. <laughs> About turn. On your way. It didn't help that I had um, um, a press pass on for uh, Dillian White and Lucas <laughs> Brown. And they went, I think you're in the wrong arena, mate. And I went, no, yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I turned around. And to be fair, he looked like he'd been on the juice. So I thought, fuck it, not getting involved. Very similar to last week when uh, the geezer from the Boxing Board of Control uh, uh, well, manhandled yeah. me. I get man- manhandled on a week-by-week basis. <laughs> You're cruising for a bruising. It's got no online. Someone's just going to fill you in. Cardiff this week, mate. Live on TV. I'm going to get filled in. <laughs> Make sure you're watching it. Anyway, back to the boxing because we had a... Back to the boxing and speaking of Dorman. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hell. Lucas Brown, uh, Yatesy's wine lodger on the phone. Jesus Christ. What eh? the fuck was that? First of all, I'm happy that he's all right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because it was a brutal knockout. He's up. He's had his oxygen. It's obviously a tough motherfucker. He's he's had a walk around, and I'm led to believe that he's already back in Sydney. So he jumped he, on a plane, yeah, he Sunday. Was, he was fit to fly. So health-wise, tickety-boo, give him a tick, 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 right? But, see ya. <laughs> but fucking see ya. I never, ever want to see that man in a boxing ring again. Not only is it, have we given him so much shit over the years for his drug test failures, right? 
we well, I believe I don't want to speak for Nick, but I personally believe that he shouldn't be in the boxing ring anyway because of that situation. Mm-hmm. He obviously needs that gear because fuck me, man. One, he was fat, he was overweight, absolutely. He's slow. Fuck it, God. That, honestly, mate, it was like he was throwing punches in slow motion. Send an email before you send in that big fucking club in right hand. You've got one shot in the locker. Now, I know that I am on this show. I have been very, very critical of what I class as a heavyweight champion, right? If you've got a WBA regular champion, you're not, an, you're not a world champion, in my opinion, all yeah. right? That's just my opinion. Other people have a different opinion, but that's my opinion. And if you've got an IBO belt, you can jog on as well. That man had the WBO, WBA regular version of a heavyweight title. Fuck knows how he got to that level. Who has he been fighting? 25 fights, 22 knockouts. Who's he been fighting? Other dudes from Weatherspoons. Jesus, he is awful. Yeah. Terrible. I know. You look back now on his wins over, <clears throat> you know, because he's got a win over the, the artist formerly known as James Tony. That was on way at the back end of... James Tony's career. Tony obviously went. To James Tony were about sixty. Tony was about sixty and sixty stone. Yeah, um, and blown up to super heavyweight from from middleweight. Jesus. Um, last time we seen him in the UK that I remember was when he beat Richard Towers when he knocked out Richard Towers. Yet he was losing that fight before he knocked Towers. Well, out. He was, I, he's got that equaliser. But that night he was two fifty. He was about two hundred and fifty pound. I checked on the weekend. He was two sixty four. He was a stone heavier. He was a stone. He, and he, he was it. fat and out of shape. When, you know when he beat Chagayev? If you yeah. go back and watch the Chagayev fight now... He was getting twatted in that fight. He gets battered. He gets absolutely battered and then he lands a Hollywood punch in the 10th round mm. and knocks out Chagayev. That was when he became WBA regular, regular. world champion. Um, but he was 250 that night as well. He was a stone heavier. So in my mind, it's like, mate, what the fuck did you hope to achieve here? Do you want like, me to tell you? Do you want me to tell you? Glenn Bruterol, mate. That's what that fucking yeah, exactly, stuff does. Yeah. No Strip, longer. Strips you down, son. He's got to be clean, you see. He's got to be clean, <laughs> hasn't he? Because he's been ripped to shit, not just by us, but by the whole industry. Three strikes and you're out rule. He couldn't afford. This is what happens, you see, when they clean these guys up. Mm. Suddenly, reality checks in. Fuck me. And the burgers catch up with you. It, it was a... To be honest, when he stepped into the ring, I never seen the weigh-in on the Friday. So the first time I seen him physically was when he stepped into the ring. And I was just like, I thought, fucking look at the mate, state of this I thought it, pudding. Oh, I thought we were going to keep his T-shirt on. I thought, fuck you. Now. And also the demeanour of him as well. When he walked into the ring, didn't move. No. Nope. He didn't look at Dillian White. He's looking down on the floor. I thought from the moment that fight started and Dillian White put a bit of a lesson on him, I just thought to myself, he's just turned up for a few quid here. Absolutely. 100%. He looked like a journeyman. I did talk out of Manchester where he'd been based at Ricky Hatton's. And obviously, as we know, he was sparring with Chisora. If you're going to say what... Sparring with Tyson Fury. If you're going to say what I've been told at the weekend, that's amazing because me and you have not had a conversation about no. this. Go on. Chisora did exactly the same thing. Chisora sparked him. Put him to Kip. Same yeah. as Dillian White. That's so yeah, it yeah. happened. So it you've happened. heard it and I've heard it from, from two, two different, different sources. sources. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Chisora put him to sleep, yeah. So, and apparently, everyone who sparred him in Manchester was, let's say... Fuck me. Carrying him. Yeah. So the fucking writing was on the wall from the very beginning. Again, fucking hell, why don't we put money on these things? Yeah, I know. <laughs> mm. But yeah, I was, I, I was, listen, let's park that now. Both clearly, and I think the whole world, massively disappointed with Lucas Brown. Mm. Sham of a, of, a, of a fighter, to be honest. I thought he had no fucking business being a ring in a, what is potentially a world title eliminator. But forget him now. He's gone. We'll yeah. never hear from him again. Hopefully. Exactly. He's he's back in the Sydney doors by the end of the year. 
<laughs> he's in the walkabout. Absolutely. Fucking let's hope he gets Sorry, lost. Sorry, mate. You're not coming in. Okay, let's talk about Dillian White then. Mm. I thought Dillian was excellent. He took no chances. He did exactly what he needed to do. He took the well, kid out of there. Hang on a minute. You say no chances. He could have cruised that for 12 rounds because quite evidently from the first round, of course, it was like, Fucking hell, he's miles better than this guy. Yeah, yeah. What I mean is, he took no chances, as in, he didn't look at the state of him and go, I'm just going to obliterate you. He did, a, he did a number on him. Yeah. He used his jab. Yeah. He worked off the jab. He softened him up. He took him out of there. Mm. I'm not saying he, you know, he didn't carry Lucas Brown at all. It was an outstanding performance from Dillian Mike. Mate. You know what? That kind of performance, for me, he's got to fight Wilder right. next now. Got do, you know, do you know something? He showed shit that I didn't even think he had in his locker at yeah. the weekend. Now, fair enough, he's fighting a fucking punch bag. Of course mm-hmm. he is, yeah. But... His jab was top class. His uh, his body work was top class. His footwork was top class. Yeah, like you say, great. he broke him down. He beat him up. It was one of those where he, he he systematically beat the guy up and then obviously worked an opening to land an unbelievable shot to put the kid to kip. Yeah. Pre that fight, I mean, I'm a I'm a I like Dillian White. I like it. I've, I've met him and I speak to him on a regular basis with various radio shows that me and you have done. Mm-hmm. And he's a good kid. He's a good crack. Good I enjoy lad, yeah. and I enjoy his company, right? But I've always thought he's not going to get to an elite world level. He's not going to become a world champion because he's not at that level because he's more of a street fighter than a boxer, right? And a good boxer is always going to beat a street fighter, in my opinion. Yeah. But at the weekend... Which is what it proved at the weekend. But at the weekend, he boxed. He was the boxer, yeah. Absolutely. He bo- Yeah, but I didn't think he had that. I thought he looked great. And he showed that he had it. And I, and do you know something? Now off the back of that fight, fair play when he got, gets on the mic and he, he's shouting for Wilder. And I think to myself, yeah, I want to see it. Yeah. Beforehand, I'd laugh you down the street. But yeah, go on then. Let's have it. Let's let, let's do Wilder. Let's do Dillian. Let's do it in June. Let's do it at the O2. Let's see what it's all about. So you're, you're obviously a, a Dillian White big fan. Is that why you've done your hair the way you have for the yeah. studio today? Well, Nick's basically... For, for anyone that doesn't know, let's mm. just say mm. the young man's got a bit of product on his hair today. What the fuck is going on with that little mohican well, thing? Well, normally I have it shared, like don't I? thing. Listen, normally I have it shared and I've obviously been working a lot recently and I haven't been able to get to me barbers. So I thought, so I got up this morning and... Is that, is that due to the trains or...? Yeah, I'm on the trains, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> so my little, I'm doing my little lad's hair this morning for the school run. That's he, right, he looks like Teddy's hair. Right. That's what it looks like. So I've done his hair this morning, and then I thought, I look a scruff here. Go on, I'll, do, I'll put a bit of products on that. So I've, I've given it a bit, Anna, a little bit of tinting. Teddy's gel. That's you it. A bit of Teddy's got my gel little in. lad's uh, Snoopy gel on. That's what I've got. <laughs> in homage of Mr. Dillian White. Well, he, no, he's going uh, full ball now, hasn't he? He looked apart. He was paying homage to me. Is what he was doing. Manchester. I like the Chisora with the shaved head yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Like. Yeah. He stole the show at the weekend, didn't he? Absolutely. Boy, didn't he? Absolutely. One pound! <laughs> One pound! Give me that Tony money! <laughs> Go on, Delboy, lad. Who's this, then? Who's this? Shuffling up like a cardboard guy in my dad's suit. Go on, go on. Did he just call me H-O-O-O? <laughs> the fuck is going on with Joe Joyce? Listen, he's a big lad, Jesus right? Jesus Christ. A, he's a big lad, and I'll never say this to his face, but get a fucking personality. <laughs> what the fuck? He's stood there like a tool. i tell you something. It takes some doing to look uncomfortable next to David Hay, who is Mr. Uncomfortable yeah. on camera anyway. He got out. David Hay got murdered, didn't Brilliant. he, by Derek Chisora? Savage. I couldn't stay off Twitter. I was like, <laughs> yeah, now, boy. Stole the show, son. It was class. He absolutely savaged him. And, uh, I tried to capture the majority. Give me of... some of that Tony pay-per-view money. <laughs> Give me that Give me Tony, that Tony money. money. <laughs> <laughs> I know Bell, you was at home laughing his bollocks off, and then that happened. I tried to uh, capture that on the on our social media at Fight Disciples on Facebook. Gonna have a little bit of a nosy, but after that, Del Boy goes for a shower and he goes, 
I'm, I'm going to go back and speak to David. We're going to do a deal now. And he did. He came and sat next to me. Basically, he was sat next to me, chatting away. Every man and his dog had everything. Like the cameras were on them and all sorts of stuff going, what the fuck are they talking about? They're doing some, they're doing some type of deal well, uh, in order to try and get him against uh, Joe Joyce. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And I think, you know what, with a performance like that from Chisora at the weekend, I know the guy really wasn't up to much, that Azuzi guy. Fucking hell. I'll tell you okay. what, that Azuzi should have been fighting Lucas Brown. That would have been an equal fight. It would have been, yeah, absolutely. I think that's why Chisora was on this card as well, in case Brown failed the test or didn't yeah. didn't turn up. I think we would have got Dillian White versus Chisora too. And look, looking at Chisora on Saturday night, we've got another crack, another classic. Mm. Um, and I, you know, if if while the fight isn't going to be made, I certainly wouldn't be against seeing that fight again. Um, but Chisora versus Joe Joyce, yeah, you know what? I'd like to see it on the Bell You Hey undercard. I think it'd be cool. But as Chisora says, if I'm going to do it, I want to get paid. Mm. It's just class the way he was. Tony money. I want the. I want, I your want Tony, Tony money. money. <laughs> I want your Tony money. And his ass just went. This is the thing with David no. Hay, yeah? Because he's... He's, he's no cause he Because he's a Z-list celebrity, you know what I mean? He's a celebrity first, the boxer second, mm. isn't he? Let's be honest. Mm. But the funny thing is, he wants to be this celebrity, this TV star, this movie star and all that. But he's got no patter. He's got no game at all. Mm. When he's on the camera, he just falls apart. Mm. Like, absolutely falls apart. He looks super uncomfortable. And even when... Even away from that moment when when he was doing some stuff with Johnny Nelson and stuff on Sky, he gets so excited he starts shouting, arara, arara, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can see David just calm the fuck down, son. Mm. Tell us how you really feel. Don't just don't come up with this personality, this character because it doesn't work for him at all. Me and my man, Joe Joyce is still in the background. David, hello, David. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, Joe. <laughs> Unbelievable. I like Joe Joyce as a fighter, man. I like him as a no, kid. No, no, but no, Jesus the best bit, Christ, the best bit was. What's going on? <laughs> we, we shook hands. <laughs> what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> Man, if they were going to remake the Adams family, that'd be <laughs> fucking perfect. Lurch. John Joyce is lurch. Oh, Jesus. Fucking Joey. What are you doing, lad? What's oh. going on? We shook hands. Oh, That's the be- that was the best line of the night. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> tremendous. Oh, poor Joe. <laughs> Uh, other fights on the night, but because that wasn't just the highlight. De- Delboy ruined David Hay, which was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Dillian White put on a masterclass against uh, Lucas Brown and really did put his name in that heavyweight shakeup. So that's that. That's Absolutely. all that part. But the two fights that were underneath. Uh, that as the as the co-men, the yep. two British uh, title fights, both absolutely. both called, both absolutely nailed by us last week, weren't they? Yeah, but I will tell you something. Let's go Ritz and Cardle first, right? Nice. Because yeah. because we did call that, and we thought that Ritz and would absolutely blitz him, and yeah. right, and he did blitz him. But absolutely. fucking hell, the first round, I was like, oh shit, what's going on here? This is upsetting the apple cart because I think you know, I think in the <clears throat> in the heart of hearts, I don't know whether. That was it. Was clearly the tactic going in was to pounce on him because no one's ever pounced on Britain before. No one's ever ever took the fight to him the way Cardle did, mm. and I think the way he caught him cold had Cardle had a little bit more power yeah, in his punches. Him. He'd have done him. He'd have probably done him then because he caught Ritson quite a few times. The problem with Scotty Cardle is he just hasn't got that kind of power yeah. to be able to do that to be yeah. able to blow anybody away. Mm. Uh, he's only got a handful of knockouts on his tw- in his twenty two wins. So while it was a great start. Even at home, I was like, shit, go on, Scott, go for it, son. But in, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you're going to get fucked now. <laughs> as soon as as soon as you come back down from sixth gear, because he just started and went, bang, sixth gear. Yeah. And it caught Ritson. 
But then as soon as he came back down to third gear and Ritson just went up to second gear, it was like complete mismatch as we predicted. Exactly. If Ritson's the deal, man. Mate, Ritson if you is don't the stop, kid. If you go like that and you don't stop a fight like that, the other guy then thinks, I've just taken the kitchen sink and I'm still here. Yeah. Come on, son, I'm walking through this now. Absolutely. And as soon as Scott Cardle stopped, started slowing down, we seen what I feared would be Scott Cardle moving back in straight lines. Now he was tired. I think Cardle himself just took a good chance. I think that's why Joe mm. threw the towel in, you know. I think they realised. Don't forget, give Scott Cardle a benefit of the doubt here. This fight got made at late notice as well. They've only had a couple of weeks for it. You know, Ritten comes straight out of the Joe Murray absolute annihilation in Manchester. Mm. And they went, right, we're going to stick it on here. And they had Cardle at ringside and he just made the fight. I think that was like six, seven weeks ago. Mm. So I don't know whether Cardle had 12 rounds in the tank anyway. Not that in me heart of heart. I don't think he goes anywhere near 12 rounds with Ritson, mm. even on his best day. But I kind of get why they flew at him and just took a bit of a chance. But Ritson, for me, way beyond this level. Mm. Way beyond this level. June 16th, Newcastle. If you listen to this up north, get yourself a ticket because uh, they're taking a show up there. June 16th to Newcastle's... Uh, is it the Metro up there? Is that what it Metro is? Metro Radio Arena, yeah. Get yourself up there because he's going to be on it, Lewis Ritson, as is Josh Kelly. That is going to be oh, some night. It's going to be absolutely bouncing. Uh, I say Josh Kelly's going to be there. That's providing he comes through this weekend unscathed yep. and everything's uh, and that's sweet a as a nut. Yeah, it is. It is. And we'll get to that a little bit later on. But there you go. June 16th, they're going to Newcastle. Now. Another big prediction? Mate. Callum Johnson. Fuck I told me. you he was going to be too good, but I didn't know he'd be this good. Yeah. I didn't know he would. Don't get me wrong. I think he ca- he caught Frank early on because yeah. he's a finisher. You know, he was able to get the fight finished. I expected Callum Johnson to win. I expected Callum Johnson to outbox Buglioni and run away with a points decision. I didn't necessarily think he was going to knock him out, but man, once he caught him. Uh, I, was, I was cool with the stoppage, me. Oh, yeah, 100%, man. I mean, well, he's, with all due respect, I know that Ian John Lewis jumped all over that, but the, the towel came in like a second after he was calling it because he was yeah. getting dinged all around that. All around the ring, and to be fair to Calm Johnson, he can whack at this yeah. uh, light heavyweight. He really, he really does have the some unity. serious juice, and he t- and he and he took it. Fair play to him. I tell you something. Um, there was absolute silence in the arena listening to his post-fight uh, interview because obviously he spoke quite about his dad and. I was with Darren Barker. Now, obviously, for people that um, know Darren, Darren obviously lost his brother and therefore um, then carried on with his career, became a world champion. He used his brother's memory in order to drive him on to achieve what he wanted to achieve. And I just looked over to Darren and he looked at me and said, I've got a bloody lump in my throat here because that was taking his memory back. And I think everybody connected with Callum Johnson at that particular moment. Yeah, he's just achieved becoming British uh, champion. But anybody that's ever lost anybody... To use that strength, that that heartache, to drive you on to achieve something, to to fulfil the ambitions of his dad that's no longer with him. But I mean, heck, man, that, that was a hard listen. Like, it, it, very hard. But you've got to be a very hard person to listen to that and not tear up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I was quite surprised that Callum kept it together so yeah. well. Well, he was got on the edge of going, weren't yeah. he? A couple of times. You know, because because give the Sky interview was due. Like, you know, it, 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 we knew what we wanted. We knew what we wanted to hear. And uh, and Callum went for it, and at one point I was like, "Oh man, don't ask him about his dad again, because we're going to see some real tears here." Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. no, he held it together great, and he was like, you know, you could see he had a tattoo pretty much fresh on his chest, which looked like a quote from his dad, or it had dad and something else. Couldn't quite work it out with the the camera angle, but just one of those moments for the entire family as well. I think that everyone connected with Callum Johnson, um, from Joe Gallagher right down through the family and the friends and everything mm. else, must have been. 
it must have felt like it was his moment, you know. And I think even Frank Buglioni in the aftermath as well. Yeah. So congratulations, and that was for your dad. I hope your dad's super proud. I thought, fucking, that's just what a legend, big Frank is as well. So and mm. and Buglioni will definitely come again. I'd like to see him come again at super middle. To be honest with you, I still mm. think his, his best weight would be super middle. Mate, that that division is silly. Yeah. But in Britain, heavy. listen, you've got scene, a, you've got a, a world scene which is ridiculous. Okay, so uh, world boxing super series potential. Well, you've got obviously your Kovalevs of this world and the Bivols of this world, and they're of a certain level, right? Yeah. And you probably think that the British level at this moment in time, the lads that are in that shark pool in the British level, are maybe one or two rungs below that world level. I don't think any of them are really going to step out that shark pool and challenge for a world title with the current crop of world champions that we've got at light heavyweight because it is a killer division, mm-hmm. but. What a fantastic domestic scene we've got at light heavyweight. Really fantastic. I mean, Callum Johnson's just announced himself, obviously, on that scene. We knew about him, but it's nice to see everybody else now talking about him. Frank's yep. still in there. Hosea Burton, who's a stable mate of uh, Callum Johnson, still in there. Anthony Yard's knocking about. And a guy that was sat behind me at the weekend, who's fighting next weekend, Josh, Josh Boatze, mm-hmm. he's in that mix. I mean, five kids. Let's do them. Get them all in there. Let's get them all having a bit of a knock with each other. Yeah, absolutely. It would make an amazing little super tournament, wasn't it? Just a, a domestic tournament. And you know what? I think right now with boxing's going with World Boxing Super Series, I think the likes of Frank and Eddie and beyond would be a little bit mental not to look at doing doing their own little miniature tournaments and the British like boxing board. Like a little board prize can, fight yeah, thing, but, but, but over the course over, of over a, a proper few job, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, I think the British boxing board of control as well. You know, if there's any vacant British belts out there. Let's start ordering two semi-finals and make it public. That's a semi. This is a semi, and whoever wins, they're going to fight at the end. It'll go to pay bids. Mm. I think that would get pull the pull the fans in as well because I think this tournament style tournament style route to the title is really working out well. And if you've got a wealth of talent, which we have at this mm. division, make it happen. Obviously, we've spoke about Anthony Yard in the past. I believe Frank is doing what Frank Warren does best, and that is nurturing them in the ring without making too many risks. You know, it's the right opponent at the right time for yeah, someone yeah. with a lot less amateur experience than the likes of Buatzi or Callum Johnson. But With what you're saying then, he ain't fighting Callum Johnson anytime soon. He ain't fighting Jose Burton anytime soon. He ain't fighting Buatzi anytime soon. But I think all them three names, take away Anthony Yard, the other three, I could see all them fighting each other in the next 12 months. Well, but I could see Buatzi moving up to fight Callum Johnson early next year. Definitely. Wow. Which would be about his sixth or seventh fight. He looks that good. Well, Johnson's definitely not going to fight Jose Burton. That's not going to no, happen. No. But you would, what if, I mean, it depends on what uh, the plan is for Callum Johnson. If, uh, if there's a well, different... Well, he said, didn't he? He said, I'd quite happily give up the British now yeah. if there's something more for yeah, me. Because he's not a young lad. He's, you know, 32 he, he is. Exactly. So he was like, I'll quite happily vacate this so Frank can fight Hosea yeah. for the British belt. And that's a great fight. I want to see that again. Absolutely. That'd be a good little note. Sure would. Oh, mate, light heavyweights in Britain is absolutely sick at this moment in time. There you go. Fantastic card. Um, at the weekend. Before we move on, can I ask you about um, my mate Anthony Fowler's stoppage? You were ringside. What, what did you make of the stoppage? I was all right with it. I was, I was absolutely sound with it. Uh, just the commentary team on Sky. Why, what did they say? They were saying it was massively premature. and It was Paul Smith as well. He was saying it was premature. The lad, the lad, the way he fell on, on, flat on his back. Yeah. They seemed under the impression that he did that as like a sign of, oh, fucking hell, come on, I'm all right. All right. And then stood up and was talking to his corner and the referee stopped it prematurely. 
But that's not what I seen on TV. I think anyone that watched it on TV like I did would have seen the fact that, no, he went down heavy. Mm. He didn't just spread his arms out, spread eagled like in a in a bit of a jest. He was fucking gone. And then when he stood back up and he's trying to talk to his corner, if you look then on the replay, he can't find his feet under him. Mm. His feet, he's stumbling everywhere. And I think that's why the referee stops it. So I don't know what it was like, what the chatter was at ringside. But for me, it was a, it was a sound stoppage, a very good stoppage, in fact. Well, they, uh, well yeah, the Sky guys were on... I think they asked Fowler about it and Fowler went, so maybe it was premature, but I think when, when he watched no, it No, it looks back, all right to me. It looked, uh, I think it was a good stoppage, maybe. No, it looks all right to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I was happy with it anyway. Be interesting to see what they do with Anthony Fowler, actually, next, because yeah. we're at that stage now where the kid's an elite amateur. He, he, he knows his way around the ring. I think it's time to really start to step him up. I, I mean, they're doing that with Josh Kelly next week, aren't they? They're stepping him right up. Yeah. And... Again, he's a kid that's been around that amateur scene for such a long period of time. He's the most uh, coloured um, amateur on these shows. He's won everything in that most particular game. So, yeah. so, so let's have him in there. Let's let, let, let's give him a proper test. Yeah, it's um, it's it's unusual, isn't he? Because obviously he's you know I know him personally. I've known him since he was a little kid, but since he was a schoolboy. Um, I'll be honest, he's not looked the most impressive out no, he of hasn't. the British bunch. And I think more than anything, he looks like he's he still looks like he's trying too hard. Yeah. He still looks like he's trying to knock everybody out with one punch. You know, he goes by the moniker the machine. He was given that name because he just trains like a machine and his mentality is unreal. But he looks a bit robotic in there as well. He's not as fluid as a Kelly or a Buatzi. Mm. You know, he, he doesn't look as comfortable in the environment. Do you yet. know do you know who he reminds me of? And don't get me wrong, he isn't at this level. I'm not making. I'm just talking about the way that he walks and hand, holds himself in the ring. He reminds me of Frotch. Yeah, just the way he holds himself. I'm not saying he is Frotch because Frotch was a fucking freak, right? Yeah. But just the way he holds himself physically, he looks physically like him as well. You know what I mean? He does. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, I, I think there's some good fights out there for Fowler. Obviously, it's a thriving division. Do you know who I'd put him in with next? And it might cost a bit of money, but because he's been there. Someone like a Curtis Woodhouse, who's not a mug, who's in the top 20, I'd say, domestically still in this weight class. Obviously, Curtis is a former champion, former Commonwealth champion or whatever. British champion. Uh, I think, obviously, Fowler's got the amateur edge, which Curtis, what Curtis certainly hasn't got. But I just think Curtis would know how to get through rounds and Fowler would have to relax him a lot more and let us boxing. I think he picked up on that at the weekend. It was like, he loads up on his shots. He, he seems to get so tense and so physically, like... Um, He's trying, to, he's trying to knock everybody out with every punch. I think he just needs to relax and slow down mm. and just let let it happen, let it flow. I think we see that flow has come a lot more natural to the likes of a Kelly or, or you know, some a lot of these... Buatzi. Buatzi. Mm. They just seem to flow a lot more. I think with Anthony, it just looks a bit forced at the moment. Mm. I'm not surprised there's people in the weight division starting to call him out, actually, um, just because he still looks, as I say, a little bit robotic, but... I, I fear the man that does call him out because when you look at his experience, as you mm. say, as an amateur, and in that the amateur tournament, that World Boxing Series or whatever it was called, the amateur thing where you fight with no head guards and no vests as well, he's been in tough fights in there too. So he's a tough guy. He certainly wants to look out for Anthony Fowler. And I, I think people should not sleep on him just because he, he doesn't look the real deal yet because I think it's going to click. Mm. And when it does click, they'll move him quick. Um, I was sat alongside the guys from HBO at the weekend, Max Kellerman and all them lot, mm -hmm. commentating on the fight because that's uh, yeah. uh, they were showing it over in the States. And we had a little bit of a brief conversation about various things that are coming up. And I noticed on their um, on their, on their their playout, because they had the screens in front of me, I noticed on their playout that normally they go big on promos. They, know, they, they mm -hmm. go, wow, this is coming up, this coming soon, this on HBO, all that yep. type of stuff, right? Not one advertisement for Canelo Triple G2. Boom. What did we say? 
On the I told you all last we, Wednesday. We, we made we made a prediction last Tuesday. It was one. a Tuesday. Last Tuesday we stuck it out uh, on our social media that we thought that there's something fishy going on in the world. We made a prediction. Well, it was because we got wind of the fact that Canelo had failed a second test. Yeah. So we were like, okay, this is what's going to happen here. They're not going to. This fight isn't going to happen. Triple G is going to have a little look at Billy Joe Saunders. Don't be surprised if that's the fight we get. And then what happens less than 24 hours later, Billy Joe Saunders... Martin Murray's off. ...gets rescheduled. It's off. It's not happening because I'm, t- back to the I'm telling you now, Billy Joe Saunders is not fucking injured. They've sat there. They are waiting for a proper... I mean, the, the whole thing regarding Canelo, right, that came out on Friday, because we we got wind that there was going to be a hearing on Friday. So I thought, hey, how can you fail two tests and not get a ban? You have to get a ban, right? Yeah. Eric Morales got fucking two years, mate. He got two years for the same shit. So you've got to ban the guy. Otherwise, you look like a set of bellends. So, so they come out and they go, okay, we're going to suspend him till April the 10th. Suspending from what? He's not fucking fighting in that period of time. What are, you, what are you suspending him for? Basically, what you're doing, boys and girls, is you're, you're trying to delay for two weeks so you can find an excuse to brush this under the fucking carpet, you dirty shit houses. Stop it, right? April 10th, if you don't ban him, you are fucking bringing boxing into disrepute. He has to be banned. Yeah. Even if it's... Six months, a year, whatever it is, you have to ban him. May the fifth has to be off. If it isn't, what's the fucking point? Let them all, let them all let get them on the juice, gear then. Let, let them, them all juice. get on the gear. Let them all cycle on and off the juice. Look at the sat. What more evidence do <laughs> you want? He's got a fucking head the size of a medicine ball. The fucker, right? Exactly. You're telling me that he's not on gear. Jog on. I seen Pauli Malinaji do a piece. I know he's a bit of a soundbite, Pauli Malinaji, but he was like, "What? You're surprised? Is anyone really surprised that fucking?" Canelo's on juice. Look at the fucking state of him. Look at look at his physical. Look at his physically compared to the where he was mm. when he first broke through to where he is now. It's just it's impossible to be that to put that much muscle mass on and size on naturally. Um, I seen the documents which was sent out to Triple G's camp. Well, actually, all involved in the fight. Um, I think Dan Raphael from ESPN somehow got a copy of it and they right. put it out, and it highlighted the fact that it was his his first. His class A sample, yeah, had points zero point six percent Clem Brutal on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they checked the a second sample, which was taken like a week later, and it had point zero six Clem Brutal in it. And they were like, "Well, it's it's ten percent. You know, it's it's less than ten percent in the second test. So that proves that you know whatever he has was coming out of his system at the time. So that lends itself towards it being tainted meat. Obviously, he had the tainted meat in his system. Then he hasn't eaten any meat, Mate. and ten days later, it's out of his system. And I was like, "What the fuck are you on about? Yeah, that's just like cycling off the drug. Of course, the drug's going to leave his system. It's not going to go up." Do you know what I mean? If he's been tested, he's not going to go, oh, better have a bit shit. more juicy, yeah, because yeah. they're not going to test me again. He's going to go, fuck, I may have missed time this. Better get on the water, try and flood me system. They'll probably test me again because I'm going to potentially fail that test. They've fucked up my cycle. I'm potentially going to fail that. I better kind cleanse me system. And then they found trace, basically a trace of it again the second time. Mm. But they're going, yeah, but it was, ten- it was you know, one-tenth of what it was. The I don't other give week. a fuck. fuck how much it was. Plus, also, we've had this argument before. You know about the meat in Mexico. Stop exactly. fucking eating it, you bellend. You're a multimillionaire. Exactly. Don't give me that bullshit excuse. You're on the gear. We know you're on the gear. You're always going to have an asterisk against your name now yep. because they're going to brush it because you make so much money for the state of Nevada. We understand. It's a business. It's a game. There's two 
too many people having the pockets lined. We can't bank in Ello because fuck, we ain't going to be able to buy our new house in, in 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 the Hamptons or wherever you want to buy a fucking new house. Jog on, you have to ban him. So do you think Triple G should 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 do the right thing and pull out? No, Triple G should Triple be G, the one. Triple G is a fucking animal, right? He'll want to go in there. He said, "I don't give a fuck. Juice as much as you want because I'm going to twat the shit out of you." Yeah, I hope he does a Dillian White. Mate, I hope he absolutely I mean, fucking nail retires him. him. Yeah, yeah, mate, telling you. It pissing me off this whole situation, as you can tell with my voice. But the prediction that we made last week was basically this. I'm getting you all vexed up before we talk about another juice set. I know. This coming Don't this get weekend. me on Povetkin in a minute, right? <laughs> but um, we predicted last week that uh, Nevada would grow a set of balls. They'd ban fucking uh, Canelo. Therefore, that fight would be off. Triple G would go after Billy Joe Saunders. Billy Joe Saunders, Murray will get pulled. We made that prediction. 24 hours later, Murray, uh, Billy Joe Saunders does get pulled. Rescheduled June, whatever you want to call it as. And then, obviously, the wording came out that there was Second going to be a test. hearing on uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Friday, and now it's been pushed back to April the 10th. So it's still all up in the air, but I still, hopefully, have a little bit of faith in uh, the Nevada State Athletic Commission that they're going to ban Canelo and everything that we predicted is going to come true uh, for May the 5th, and Billy Joe Saunders is going to get a crack, because let's be straight, he fucking deserves it, man. Absolutely. Let's does. do it. Let's do it. Let's, let's make him a few quid, and hopefully get a, an opportunity to become the undisputed middleweight champion of the world because we know how hard it is to get an undisputed champion in any weight category. We've only had one in about 20 years or something like mm-hmm. that. 10 years, sorry. I uh, over-exaggerated there, but you get the gist uh, of what I'm saying. Also, another thing that's been pissing me off, right? <laughs> Let's get all this out of my system. Mm-hmm. The UFC are not trying to sign Anthony Joshua. Why, where the fuck did this come from? Let's why, just, why don't people just listen to what or read proper articles? Well, it's head- They read headlines and then it. fucking make their own headlines Clicks. up. They're looking for clicks of certain newspapers, right? Bullshit. The UFC are not trying to sign Anthony Joshua. We told you last August... Now, I know I'm getting angry with you listening to this podcast but because I know that you've got a fucking brain. But please, let your mates listen to this show, right? Because we told you last August yep. that Dana White and the Fatita brothers who had sold the UFC for $4 billion were setting up Zuffer Boxing. It's nothing to do with the UFC. It's their own fucking thing. Dana White, yes, of course, he's still the president of the UFC and he's still doing that. But he's also, with the Fatita brothers, his mates, setting up an arm of boxing. Now, we got wind at the back end of last year, October time, something like that, that there were a few noises being made from Dana White about European fighters who we should go after signing in order to make a real big splash in the world of boxing. The obvious answer that everybody gave him when he asked us was, well, Anthony Joshua, mate. Yeah. That's where the fucking dough is. So for him to come along with $500 million and say, Anthony, come and knock about with us for 10 fights. You get $50 million to knock and we'll also sort you out with a bit of pay-per-view. Makes fucking great business sense because over in the States, they're selling these pay-per-views at 60 to to $100 a time and there's a lot more people over there. Yep. So they could generate between 60 and $100 million a fight. Zufa Boxing's about to become very real um, and it's I think it's only been delayed because they're looking to make the the kind of key They need a splash. They need a splash. That will splash. That, the rest of the world will go, fuck. Every promoter on the planet will go, Fuck. And they've got a tie-in with IMG, with yeah. the biggest sports uh, TV negotiators on the planet. So you better believe that when Zuffer Boxing goes live, they will have a TV deal for, well, maybe not even UK, but they'll certainly have one for Russia, mainland Europe, Asia, and an American deal. We may even see Fox Sports in America get into boxing. Don't sleep on them. On the back of that. These are serious cats. They Absolutely. turned a $2 million, pound, $2 million business to $4 billion. They know what the yep. fuck they're doing. In 18 years. They know Absolutely. what they're doing. They know fight sports. And listen, I've said this on our UFC show, and I'll reiterate it on the boxing show. Dana White is the greatest fight promoter the world has ever seen. 
Look at look at the results when he's done. With he the is UFC. fucking Caesar. That's and when, what he is. When he it is comes, Caesar. When it comes down to it, he's a boxing fan. He started off as a boxing yeah, he fan. Did. He was a boxing coach. Yeah, he did. He, his, his, his game is all about boxing. He's a massive, massive boxing fan first and foremost. And once he gets into this game, it will change the fucking game. I'm telling you. And the 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 good the what I'm picking up is forget the sound bites of people going to Anthony Joshua. Oh, would you fight Steve Mayochic? And he's going, yeah, yeah, I'll fight any of the fucking UFC guys because that's bollocks. That's window dressing. Listen to what he's saying when he says, "What if Dana? What if the Dana White offered you five hundred million dollars?" And he's saying, "Yeah, man, bring that to the table. Let's talk. If someone's going to offer me five hundred million dollars for anything, bring it to the table. That's the key there. And this weekend, Anthony Joshua fights Joseph Parker. We're led to believe it's the last fight on his deal, current deal with Matchroom Boxing with Eddie Hearn. So on Sunday morning, Anthony Joshua is effectively a free agent. Now Eddie may well announce a new deal straight after, or it might take a few weeks or whatever. It might already be done. Or Dana White might well." I'll be having breakfast with Anthony Joshua on Dana Sunday White's in morning. town. He's in town this week. We're heard he's going to be in Cardiff. We've heard mm. he's got a checkbook in his back pocket. Mm. And you know what, Adam? He won't be the only one. If Anthony Joshua is indeed a free agent, you better believe golden boy Oscar De La Hoya can top, uh, top rank Bob Arum. Bob Arum's over anyway. Mm. Bob Arum's on his way over. I've seen his tweet this morning saying, I'm going to see my boy Joe Parker become an undisputed heavyweight champion. But in the same, in the vein of Don King, if Anthony Joshua lays him out, you better believe he'll have a flag from both he countries. Exactly, he won't be fucking flying back to America on Sunday, licking his wounds. He'll be making a phone call, going, "Any chance of a quick coffee with Mister Joshua, the most valuable free agent on the planet?" Join the back of the queue, and that's listen. That's not to say he won't stick with Eddie because he's done amazing things with Eddie here, and this is why they launched Backroom Box in America to cater for the fact that he needs to Anthony go. He needs to go and conquer America to make the real money. But there ain't, there ain't just one player no more. There ain't one player holding down the big TV deal like there is in the UK. Mm. There's numerous players on numerous platforms. Mm. And what that means for fight fans here in the UK is this, this. I mean, if it goes the way that Dana White wants it to go, this could be one of the last opportunities that you get to see him in the UK because he's going to the States, man. And that's where the pay-per-view money is. He has to be mm. on a reasonable time for them to cash in at $100 a time. And if he is fighting at Wembley in the future, which, you know, no doubt he will come back and fight at Wembley, aren't he, Joshua? it's probably going to be at like three or four o'clock in the morning. Mm. It's catered for the American audience. Because mm. once they get tapped in, as you say, $100 a time, $150 a time for HD or whatever it is in America, mm. that's serious money now. That's mm. where you get the £500 million checks. Mm. Uh, Tyson Fury, June the 9th is the rumoured date. Put yep. it in your diaries, baby. It's on the Terry Flanagan, Maurice Hooker undercard, world title there on that night. That's happening in Manchester, all right? Uh, June so the that's 9th. just gone from... Three or four thousand gates to a complete sellout. Absolute complete <laughs> sellout, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's on after the world title fight. He will be, yeah, guaranteed. There's no way that he's going to be on the undercard. No. It's going we, to be. We've been there for Terry Fallingham fights and, and seen, they sleep, seen the exodus. Hmm. Uh, so there you go, June the night. That's a rumor date. Nothing confirmed at this moment in time, but he's looking in great shape. He's talking the talk. Uh, we reckon that that's going to happen June the ninth. All yeah. right. Um, also, some fantastic news because uh, again, this is another prediction that I chucked out last week. I'm quite pleased with this You're one. Doing actually. well. I'm, I'm quite week. pleased with this one. Right. Check this out. Uh, Mikey Garcia had two options last week. He's made his decision. Mikey Garcia is keeping the IBF super lightweight crown. Therefore, the WBC lightweight belt will become vacant. The number one is Ivan Mendy. The number two is Luke Campbell. Our prediction at the back end of last year that Luke Campbell will get a world title shot this year is going to happen. The WBC are obviously going to have to mandate because they don't like vacant belts and it's a rematch. Campbell Mendy. <sighs> Lick your lips, baby. I hope that comes to the UK. I'm sure it will. Hopefully. I'm sure it will. But uh, you know what? It's like a dream scenario for Luke Campbell. That. 
you know, he's he, he's been adamant since day one that he wanted the Mendy rematch. He wanted to prove that it was a it was a one off. It was a bad day at the office. Well, it was. He, he just obviously going through everything that was going through with his dad. His yeah. head wasn't right. No, absolutely not. If Luke Campbell against Jorge Linares turns up against Ivan Mendy, he's a world champion. Exactly. He's got the WBC belt wrapped around his waist. Absolutely. Mm. Um, I'm going to do one more bits of slagging off before I really go in on Povetkin. All right. Yep. WBO, there is no need to make an interim belt for Frampton versus Donair. Number four versus number eight in your division doesn't warrant an interim belt. Stop searching for sanctioning fee money, you greedy bastards, all right? Plus, we've only just seen your WBO champion fight two weeks ago. Yeah, all right, he's had his jaw wired shut and he's probably going to be out for nine months. But there's no need, all right? Absolutely no need for an interim belt. You're just making belts for the sake of making belts. Absolute bullshit. However... I'm all right <laughs> with either one of these being next in line for Oscar Valdez. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and speaking of sham belts, um, did you notice this week that James Herrera, record 15-5-1, has got an IBO title shot next weekend? Right? Okay. You'll love this. Mm. James Herrera will fight for the IBO uh, belt um, against Stephen Butler. This is in the US, obviously. This is over in Canada. This is over in uh, California, I think. Uh, IBO super welterweight title. IBO. IBO, your favourite. Yeah. James Shepard has lost his last two and hasn't won a fight since July 2016. Nice, nice. He's earned it. And the IBO have put him in a title yeah, shot. Sanctioned that. Fucking hell. There you go, boys and girls. That's what it's an IBO belt's worth, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story from this week. Again, I put this on our social media, right? You know uh, that we doubted that Jurgen Bremer was ill with Callum Smith pulling out the World Boxing Super Series. Yep. Oh, I'll tell you what, fucking, oh, oh mysteriously ill, he's recovered now, hasn't he? Because he's just been sanctioned to fight for the light heavyweight world title. What the fuck's all that about? Just nonsense, isn't yes, it? Yes, nides. Shitbag. Absolute shitbag. Anyway, there you go. There's uh, the majority of the news uh, from this week. Oh, by the way, have you? do you want to announce about Rocky Fielding? Or do you want me to Go on, say, yeah, 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 go on. Are you sure? Yeah, go on. Because you we knew do. that it was going to happen because Eddie, happen. Yeah, yeah. Eddie was making the noises. Uh, Gilberto Ramirez is obviously... It's Dallas. We're going to Texas, isn't it? Texas, mate. June the 30th, early hours. Obviously, if you're watching it in the UK, it'll be the early hours of July the 1st. Uh, Rocky Fielding, Gilberto Ramirez. Rocky is getting a world title shot before... Callum Smith. Mental. There you go. Mental. There you go. Uh, congratulations to him, mate. Absolutely congrats. Because he's a grand lad. Yeah. And we wish him the best. He's up against it. Let's not fuck about because Gilberto Ramirez is absolute mustard. Um, he'll have to do something. We'll, uh, we'll rock on that night. I think he might have to stop him in order to uh, become a world champion. But we know Rocky's got power. So fingers crossed he can do that. And we wish him all the best. And I've no doubt Nick will be talking about that. Uh, a little bit more on, on the Radio City Absolutely. Talk Show, which will be available on our website uh, tomorrow. So make sure you're all over it, all right? Fightdisciples.com. Right, let's fast forward to the Principality Stadium, okay? Yeah. Because we have got a historical event happening this weekend. I've been on many radio shows over the last week, as has Nick, and I've been banging on saying that this is the biggest week in British boxing on British soil ever. There has never been a bigger moment on these shores in the heavyweight division. Yes, okay, you can talk Bruno Lennox Lewis. Say, yeah, yeah. You can talk about the time that Muhammad Ali came to fight uh, R. R. Henry. You can talk about all these times, but we've never had a heavyweight unification on British soil. And therefore, for me, this top trumps anything that has ever been previous. Also... It's the first time since Tyson versus Spinks that we've got two undefeated heavyweight champions unifying the division. This is history. History this weekend, baby. And I personally believe 
it's going to be an absolute cracker. You think it's going early, don't you? I think it's going early, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going late. Mm. I think we're going to get an absolute belter this weekend because we know that Joshua's vulnerable and at some point, my personal belief, you don't believe this, but my personal belief is that at some point we're going to think, fucking hell, he's on the verge of going out again. But he'll pull it back. Wow. Um, I think in a lot of ways you're right. I think Joe Parker, I think the more you think about this fight, logically... As the as the weeks have counted down, and more have been thinking. Okay, wait a minute. Let's let's think about this rationally now. It's not got carried away. Joe Parker obviously has got more amateur experience than AJ. Um, let's analyze AJ's amateur because he come from fucking nowhere as an amateur. Yeah, man, he only started at seventeen. He literally, he, he literally overnight sensation, you know. And then yeah. it all led to um, gold to London, obviously. Yeah. Um, now let's be honest, gold when he didn't win. Well, this is the point. This is the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> when he got a homer, but yeah, we're not yeah. going to complain about that because we love a homer. Well, this is it. When it's when it when it's for our lads. I'm starting to think that <laughs> Anthony Joshua, you know, is when you look at his amateur career, one thing, the right heavyweight, the right super heavyweight in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Politically, he won that gold medal, and that's what amateur amateur boxing is. It's a bit of a fucking sham. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, super yeah, political, yeah. Right. Uh, and he won that belt. You know, he, he got a he got a massive hometown decision on that belt. Take away that uh, on that title. Take away that that night that that tournament. Joe Parker is is a much more experienced and a much more talented amateur boxer. Um, I think he enters the ring on Saturday night as the better boxer. I would say he's more skillful than Anthony Joshua. I'd say Joshua obviously he's you know he's twenty and twenty KOs, so you've got to say Joshua's the bigger puncher in there. But Joe Parker can certainly bang as well. I think the closer it gets to the fight, the more I'm starting to think, fuck, this is a, this is more fifty fifty than a lot of people initially give it credit for. However All right. However Can I just point out? I'm gonna stick with me gut here. I'm gonna oh, stick go with on, me go gut. On. And my gut was when this fight got made, like every other heavyweight out there, uh, potentially except potentially Deontay Wilder, just because he, he kind of lives for these big moments. But I just think Joe Parker's never walked out in front of ninety-one thousand fans in, in in a football stadium before, and I think that will do that'll do things to him. I think this week, as this week counts down, I think the the, the media, the press days at Sky Sports Studios again. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, man. Be, there's summer every day. That's what I mean. I think Parker won't have seen anything like that before, and while he's handled it great so far, I think you'll get you'll see Parker go into his shell this week. And you'll see his little Duco man pop up the little cokehead. I think he'll he'll get all vocal <laughs> <Yes>. again. <laughs> the guy loves Coca Cola, man. All right, okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think you'll see him become a little a little Jack Rabbit again, and he'll he'll be the one doing all the talk. And I think Parker will retreat into his shell. And I think some of that will be nerves and everything else. I think. Joshua knows what's at stake here. He knows this is a massive, massive mm. moment for British boxing. Um, so, do you think he blitzes him? I think Parker comes out a little bit tentative. I think the fight might take two rounds to get started, but I think once Joshua tags him, Joshua will finish him. So I'm, I'm going to stick with my initial assessment that this goes inside six. Okay. I'm going to go Joshua. Am I going to go Joshua off the canvas? No, I'm not going to go Joshua off the canvas, but I'm going to go Joshua rocked round 10. He gets the finish. He gets the finish in round 10. He'll, start, he'll stop him. He'll stop him in round 10. Yeah. Never been stopped, Joseph Parker. Never been dropped. Never well, been what stopped. The thing is, and I don't think it's going to be a Dillian White conclusive, conclusive blow that what we saw at the weekend. It's going to be an accumulation of punches. Ref's going to jump in and go, fuck this shit. Yeah. He's going to call I think, it off. I think, 
probably around round six, I think Parker's going to going to go down. I think he'll probably take in there. I think it'll probably be two or three knockdowns, and the referee will stop it, or the corner will throw the towel in. All right, that's my prediction. So anyway. we both think Joshua's going to win. He's going to yeah. come through this. You um, just think it's going to be. I think it's later. You think it's later. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's sound. Right, let's get on to the proper heavyweights then. Now, shall we? Absolutely. You know my thoughts on this. You've heard you've heard different shows that I've been doing on this. All right. You know what I think of Povetkin. You know what I think of Price. If you are a proper boxing fan, and you might think that I'm banging the drum for a pal, right? But if you're a proper boxing fan, every ounce of your being this weekend should want David Price to knock this little dirty drug cheat out of the game. That's it. That's yep. all I'm going to say on it. I'm going to keep myself calm. He failed multiple tests, two multiple. in a year, this kid. Yep. God knows how he's the, num- the WBA mandatory challenger. If he beats Dicks. Price, he's going to be facing Anthony Joshua. That's fact. We don't want that to happen. You want Price to knock this dude out. End of. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I'm th- he's the most... This is the guy... I know a Parker's going to turn up in shape. I know Joshua's in shape. I was with Pricey over there on Friday night for a, for a good hour. I watched them train and watched them hitting pads and everything else. And I know Price is definitely in shape. I don't know what shape Pavekin's in. I'm hoping Pavekin... Because I want Price to win. I'm hoping Pavekin is like Lucas Brown. That if he's off the juice, he's just a fucking fat pudding. I hope he turns up underestimating David Price because David Price has been exposed before and I think he thinks he's walking the park to get his showdown, his multi-million showdown with Anthony Joshua. I'm praying that's what's happening because I know Price is up for it and I know Price is in shape for it. But we won't know until Povetkin touches down in Cardiff this week and we physically get to see him. I'm just, as I say, I hope he's been getting tested in Russia. From what feedback I've heard is that... I know. The feedback I've heard is he's been getting tested. Now, I asked Pricey on Friday night, I said... Come on, how many times have you been? You know, are you concerned about it? And how many times have you been pre- tested? And Pricey said, "I haven't been tested once." Pricey's not been. Pricey's tested. not been tested once for this camp, not once. No one's come out to him at all. And if that's the same with Pavekin, and if that's the same with Pavekin, fuck, Pavekin could turn up looking like fucking the white version of Anthony Joshua for all we know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We just don't know. So, you know. <laughs> And Pricey's kind of like, I'm resigned to the fact I'm fighting someone who's juiced up now. This is just boxing. This is just the way boxing's fucked me over. The guy's going to turn up juiced up. I've just got to, you know, it is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it. Mm. Um, he's got to land first then. He's got to land first. He's got to be aggressive, mate. I mean, well, he, he's, he, he's got to be old Pricey. He's gotta, what he's got to do, he has got to fight Povetkin like he fought Audley Addison. Addison. Exactly. Get in and fucking do him and before reason, he does you. The reason he did that to Audley Addison was he was terrified of the South Pole stance. He was terrified of Audley's power. Right, get in and there. he knew for Audley, Audley was become a joke. And he thought, I'm not letting this, his joke rub off on me. I'm just going to obliterate him. And I think Pricey at the weekend, again, speaking to you know, speaking to him on Friday night, he's up for it. And I, you know, I was trying to say to him myself, you're going to fly at him, aren't you? You're going to fly at him. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, we've got, we know what we're going to do. And, and I was thinking, man, just fucking fly at him. Just go at him. Because unlike, you know, we've seen it at the weekend, unlike Scotty Cardle, David Price can put you out to kip with one punch. Yeah. Now, as, and as, not even clean. you just got to clip. Exactly. Just clip him. And I was talking to Tyson Fury about this fight last week as well. I was spending some time with Tyson. And Tyson was like, I'm putting money on Price by knockout. Because if he lands, he puts Povetkin to kip. And I'm hoping, like, where are you hoping that Povetkin has had it? you know, for Russians, a relatively clean camp in fear of being tested. Or maybe he has been tested. I don't know. I don't know if he's been tested at all. That's the problem. We won't know until this week mm. what shape Povetkin's in. But do you want me to show you something? Go on. This is, I did this Friday night after I'd seen Pricey. This makes wonderful. Look, look at the odds there, son. Two little bets there. You put two bets on? Two bets on, yeah. 
Two bets. Oh, have you put it on the, the is, is that as a double? Well, the top one's a single and the bottom one's a double. Look at the odds on the double at the bottom. Fuck so. me. Crazy I, odds. Yeah, yeah, read it out. Read it out. Yeah, yeah. Right, then. So the first bet that you put on is uh, pricey by KO or TKO or disqualification, yeah? £5 to win. 10 to 1. 10 to 1. That's solid, man. 50 pricey to win by knockout. 10 to 1. That's how he's winning. Only, Pricey even told me on Friday, the only way I'm winning this fight is by knockout. Yeah, I ain't yeah, winning yeah. on points. Okay, all right. And second bet is? The second bet the is double. the same. Same, so you've got Pricey on there again. But Joseph Parker to win by the same way. Two knockouts. That's how I've had a little cheeky one. And look at the odds on it, though. I can't, see the, I can't see the odds, but I can see the return. So basically, you're putting a fiver on and getting near enough 500 quid back. That's fucking silly. Mad, isn't it? Isn't that mad? It's almost Whoa. fucking, it's almost, it's, I think it's 90-something to one for Parker Price double. That's it. Listen, this is every week boxing, man. If that's not worth a pound of someone's money, what is? It's crazy. The thing is, right, I'm going to now, obviously, get myself to the booking. By the time I get myself to my online account, every fight disciple's <laughs> placed that bet, and now the <laughs> odds have tumbled to 10 to one for the double. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Go and have a bit of a bang on that, Povetkin Price, eh? Yeah, man. If, but listen, we will see. You'll know when we see Povetkin this week. We'll know. If he looks like Lucas Brown, throw some money on Price. If he looks like the white Anthony Joshua, don't. Oh, <laughs> simply simply don't. But when Pricey told me that we hadn't even been tested once, I thought, fucking hell. Yeah. What, you know, what, are, what are the WBA and the WBO doing here? You know, th- these are the two governing bodies who are associated with this Price-Povetkin fight. Two of their trinkets are on the line. But effectively, whoever wins it, WBA or the WBO are going to go, well, this is the guy that needs to fight yeah. the champion now. And the champion, obviously, is Anthony Joshua mm. or, you know, Joseph Parker with the WBO. But someone, one of those guys is going to have all the belts. So the the number one contender for two of those four belts is coming out of this price per fight. And yet one of the guys hasn't even been drug tested once. That's and the, and that's the other the guy is a serial cheat. Exactly. So even if they're just, if they're testing Pavekin like mad, and they sh- fucking should have been, if they are, you'd at least go, well, you're testing me every other week here. I hope you're testing Price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Price hasn't, David Price hasn't been tested once. <sighs> also on that undercard, uh, Burnett uh, Padeo. Um, Ryan Burnett obviously vacated his IBF belt and therefore he's uh, going down the WBA uh, route. This is his mandatory fight. We love Ryan Burnett. He always brings a little bit of entertainment to the ring. Um, also is stablemates in action Josh Kelly against Molina Molina former world champion Josh Amazing. Kelly only in single digits still uh, with his fledgling professional career what an unbelievable challenge I'll tell you something if he if he does a job here you've got to be talking you've got to be talking a shot aren't you at some point it's crazy pre-10 fights he's going to be getting a shot he has to but Cordina's on this card as well like and them three alone Kelly Cordina Buatzi. Yeah. There's the future of British boxing right there, son. Mm. Some fucking talent in those three sets of fists, I'm telling you. Mm. Um, and Cordina's got a good fight as well, you know. He's I fight, just hope he gets some airtime because fights. last time I was in Cardiff, yeah. they like put him on as the float, which it's, is it's unfair. Mad. Yeah, it's mad. And he's, he's the Welsh got, kid as well. He's, he's got, got the, the most following. tickets, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Apart from AJ, obviously. Um, but Kelly, Kelly's the real deal. I think Kelly will prove that against Molina at the weekend. I hope so. Any other five fight novice gets put in with Molina and you think, fucking hell, what are you doing, matchmaker? But that just shows how, how much Adam Booth and also Eddie Hearn, um, uh, they, how highly they rate Josh <clears> Kelly, <throat> as highly as we do. And as you say, by the end of the year, we've got to be talking. You know, I'd like to see him fight for the British title next. I think he's fucking more than capable. Mm. Um, Burnett is just great TV, isn't he? I think Parejo will come to fight former world champion himself. I think he lost his belt to Triple Z, is that right? Mm-hmm. Or he lost the Triple Z, anyway, that was his latest defeat. Um 
who Burnett obviously beat to yeah, take yeah. the IBF belt off. So uh, you'd expect Burnett to come through, but I also expect Burnett to put on a bit of a show because, as we know, it's the almost world boxing super series bantamweight announcement coming up, and mm. uh, he'll want to be number one seed. Mm. You know, I've got a funny story for you regarding this this weekend. So a few of my pals know that I can get fight tickets through boxers. Because as you were explaining on the show last week, fighters get an allocation of tickets mm-hmm. for friends and family. And uh, they, they, they flog them. You don't get them for nothing, but you flog them to you. But it's just an easier way of getting a ticket rather than having to queue up at, for, at, at Matchroom's well, box you, office You can't even fucking do that because they sell them all to StubHub. Yeah, all there. that shit, right? So a lot of my mates know that, right? So I get a phone call. Yeah, Saturday. Saturday afternoon I got a phone call, right? <laughs> I know. Can you get us a ticket for next week? I said, fucking hell, you've left this late, haven't you? Um, right, let me let me ring around see if I see if anybody's got any spare. Any of the fighters have got any spare, right? First man I ring, Crawler, because Crawler's on this card, right? So Crawler's fighting with me, you know, so it rings Crawler, mate, mate, mate. How are you, mate? You're right. <laughs> said, uh, yeah, aunt, listen, I know this is late notice. I know you probably flogged all your allocation, but I'm after a couple of tickets. I don't want top end. Obviously, you're two hundred quidders, anything like that. Me mate can't afford that. If you've got any 40, 50, 60 quid or something like that, gives a shout. He goes, oh, mate, I've, mate, 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 I've just had a return. I've got uh, one of my mates has just come back with a couple of 40 quidders. I'm about to stick it on uh, online. Do you want them? I said, two tickets, two 40 quidders. Yeah, mate, 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 yeah, mate. Right, I said, sweet. And 100%, I'll have those tickets off you, right? I can't see, I'm in uh, London at the moment. I can't come round. So I'll see you in Cardiff. I'm in Cardiff on Wednesday for the open workout. So I'll see you. I'll bring the cash to the open workout. Bring the tickets. Mate, 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 mate. Yeah, sound. Right? <laughs> Perfect. Right? Job done. Puts the phone down. Phones my mate back. Said, right, got you two tickets uh, for the weekend. I can't get them to you until Thursday because I'm picking them up Wednesday. Right? No bother. Thanks a lot, mate. Job done. Puts the phone down. Goes on Instagram. Goes on my Instagram. Fucking messing about on my Instagram. Crawler's done a story. All right. I wonder what he's put on. Puts on there. Got two 40 quid tickets here. Anybody want to buy them? I'm thinking. <laughs> Just following the conversation. Mate, I had a conversation with you an hour ago. <laughs> an hour ago, Anthony. So I texted him. I said, am I all right for them tickets? Oh, mate. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, sorry about that. I'll take them ones down, right? <laughs> I shouldn't have had that last fight, would Mate, fucking hell. <laughs> so I see... I see. Crawler. I saw Joe at the weekend, obviously, with Callum Johnson. I said, listen... When you're back in the gym Monday, tell Crawler that I bought them tickets off him not to flog him. He goes, you've fucking no chance. You've absolutely no chance, right? <laughs> Unless you've gone and took the tickets off him and given him the cash, you ain't getting them tickets, mate. Yeah, but they're for somebody else in Cardiff. I can't I can't get physically do it because of all the work and stuff. He goes, you've no chance, mate. You've absolutely no chance. <laughs> Class. So there you go. Keep up to date with me on social media this week because I'm going to film meeting up with Anthony Crawler on Wednesday night and just to watch his reaction when he goes, oh, mate, mate, mate. Uh, They've gone. Yeah. You should be texting them every day. Mate, yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Class. Typical Crawler. Anyway, it's going to be an absolute cracking week. Make sure you're all over our social media, at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we are doing a series of shows uh, building up towards... Um, this weekend's historical event in Cardiff should be an absolute cracker. Uh, make sure you're all over our social media at the weekend as we and bring you some content live from the arena as well. Subscribe to us on uh, iTunes. Yeah, you can also get Android feeds on our website, fightdisciples.com. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.